fucking hit the road Our land is our home Welcome back to What's another up? episode of Our Landers with Chaboys, Kingston, Chaboys. and Jaime Lozoya. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... rocky landing there. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> come on. Um, so we have a very special guest for you guys today. Um, we've done business with him for about a little over a year now, I would... I think so, just about. But um, you might follow him on Instagram. If you don't, I 100% recommend it. They're super knowledgeable. Um, like everything on Instagram, they, they're just, they respond, they answer questions. They are just a good group of dudes that offer top of the line products. So without further ado, the shop is called spirit of 1876. They're based in Castle Rock, Colorado. Um, and they are Colorado's adventure rig HQ and they've done all the research. So you don't have to. So they do everything from rooftop tents to shovels to Yeti to awnings, racks, you name it, they got you. So we have the the owner of the shop on the line here. We have Mike. What's up, Mike? I dropped off during that intro and just came back when we hear the end. So I hope, I hope it wasn't too bad. Oh, you dropped off on the intro. You didn't yeah, get... we just connect them literally as your intro. Oh, on. man, we, got, we hyped you up super hard. <laughs> Oh man! Technical oh, difficulties. I, I got so excited as soon as it was. Oh man! It was literally like something, a <laughs> something. I was fucking amped, and then I just accidentally somehow disconnected. So. <laughs> All good, dude. Well, um, thank you for hopping online again, everyone. Mike from Spirit of 1876. Um, everyone heard the intro, but you. So. Just imagine. Right. Just imagine us. You know, there's flames in the air. We threw fireworks and. You know, the Jets flew Hell over yeah. the whole nine, dog. Dude, thank you guys so much for having me. I got a question for you right off the bat, just because I hear sometimes on podcasts people talking about like, hey, you're our 100th guest, our, our 500th guest. <laughs> I know you're. this is rather new. I'm a fan of the podcast. I've listened. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys happen to know what what guest number am I? I'm trying to put this on uh, you know, a plaque or something. Oh, man, I think you're, you... you should be maybe like our 11th guest and this is i believe episode 45 nice so okay. you you I have like a that. substantial number which is good and uh we only choose the you know the cream of the crop for our guests so shoot well i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> um we and i gotta say i'm a fan of the intro song too it, it's uh <laughs> It, it, it sticks in my head every once in a while. And then when I actually am loading the truck and about to hit the road, I'm always like singing it, you know, just, <laughs> just trying, trying to set the theme. I love it. For that's, the fucking trip. that's our buddy, August. He's super talented musician. Um, but all right, yeah. dude, you know what, you know what I'm really, really excited about. And the reason why we wanted to get you on, which, um, I know I've been wanting to get you on for a while, but yesterday you did a really good, um, thing on Instagram, on your Instagram stories, you did Rooftop rooftop Tuesday, I want to say. That's what you called it, right? Oh, Tent, tent Top Tuesday. Yeah, Tent Top Tuesday. And you carry, I mean, I mean, I can imagine you can get any tent in your shop, but you carry a select amount of like, how many brands would you say? 
Uh, like four or five of the ones that you should care about. Yep. Okay. Let's. I think that's like our first intro that I was really um, itching to get on because we Kingston and I have talked about it in the past of like, oh, this rooftop tent, blah blah blah. But we've only seen and owned so many. But you being a shop owner and installing these things on a regular basis and selling them, um, we just wanted to get your perspective on the brands that you carry and maybe give some insider info of you know, pros and cons between two specifically, a clamshell and a hard shell tent. Um, and what people that are looking to get into it would be stoked on the, these brands specifically. Yeah, totally. Um, so, so yeah, just uh, a quick background on why we started this shop was really because there's a ton of tent companies out there uh, and even more so in the last 12 months. But um from an outside perspective, they all look the same, right? They've, mm-hmm. they've all got a ladder. They've all got some windows. You know, they all fold open or the hard shelves all look like clam shelves. They're aluminum. So differentiating one from another is tough. Just looking from afar, like online, really start finding ways to connect to the brand or you're like, oh, shit, my dude Kingston's got this tent. It must be good. And so you just start pulling from anything because you just don't know. Um, and the pictures from the manufacturers blow, the descriptions suck. And so it's tough to make decisions. And honestly, like I was just, I was a consumer trying to make a rooftop 10 purchase and I'm reading reviews and I'm like, this seems a little bit skewed. Like, you know, this dude got a free tent or he got a discount and he's amped on it. But let's be honest, it's his first fucking rooftop tent. So he doesn't really know what to compare it to. Um, and so like just decision fatigue, man, looking at what my options are and being like, I don't even know, uh, is really why we started the shop. We're like, if I'm going to spend two grand on something, I'd love to see it first for one. And two, I'd like to know something you know, that it features different from these 12 other that I'm comparing it to in the decision process. And like, you know, they all vary in price, but it's, it's not huge. So it's, it's 500 bucks. And if you're putting this on your truck, um, you obviously, you're going to want to like it. You want to be stoked on it. You want to know that it's a good product. So that's kind of why we started, um, yep. honestly, because we just, we didn't find anywhere here in Colorado. I mean, in California, you guys got a lot of great shops. Like there's, there's some really good shops there and, and a lot of them have displays. Um, but in Colorado, surprisingly, there just wasn't anything like it. So yeah. that's, that's kind of why we started. But um, to answer your question about, you know, general introduction is to rooftop tents. I mean, you've got hard shell and soft shell. The biggest pros to each is the hard shell is twice the cost of the soft shell. The biggest, you know, con on the hard shell is the price. Um, the biggest downside is the size. So mm-hmm. if you're talking from a real estate perspective, you're going to get a lot more square footage for your buck on a soft shell. Um, having said that, if you're a family of three, four, five, there isn't really a great hard shell option. Um, so so you, you technically end up having to shop from just soft shells. Um, but the hard shell, the advantage, you know, is, ease uh it's incredibly quick and uh convenient to open and close you know under a minute you've also got just the rock solid durability of an aluminum clamshell Mm -hmm. um you know the fiberglass ones are tough too but 
obviously not as bomb proof as an aluminum clamshell. Yep. And then with the aluminum clamshell, you get the ability to store stuff on top. You get an extrusion around the whole thing to mount an awning or a shovel. So there's a bunch of, you know, um, customization or flexibility you, you have with the hard shell that you don't get with the soft shell, which, you know, tends to lean people toward that direction. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, as far as like quality and differences, I mean, the truth is, uh, you know, I used to say that there's just a couple factories building these things for all these different companies. Yeah. That's what we've, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting point that you bring up. Cause that's a lot of industries that, especially when you do stuff overseas, there's going to be one manufacturer manufacturing, you know, like the 10 wetsuit brands or whatever. So is that kind yeah. of like a similar vibe? It just comes down to branding and maybe preferences of how they build it when it comes to rooftop tents, or is it changing as, as time goes on? It's changing in the sense that there are more factories building tents in China than, than there was a couple of years ago, because obviously the, the demand and the need for them um, and the amount of people willing to pay for them and, and to start their own company and brand their own tent um, has increased significantly since mm-hmm. uh, since I've started in this space. But really, since the pandemic was it was a you know steroid booster to this industry as well. And um, so, although the quantity of of manufacturers have grown, it's still kind of the same thing. And the best comparison that I make it to is like, you can go and pick out, you know, a a new Tacoma, right. And you could vary how you walk out out of that dealership Mm -hmm. by about $20,000 based on what upgrades you get. Leather seats, sunroof, you know, fucking sound package, whatever it may be, but just upgrades that, that gets you that you don't necessarily think about. And from afar, don't always translate just in like a photograph or a quick description. And so a lot of rooftop tent manufacturers will skip out on the shit that people don't notice. So like, um, you know, just air bevels above the doors to help reduce condensation or the rubber knockdown that's around the aluminum clamshell to help kind of bridge that gap and seal it to keep it dry and watertight zippers all that shit. exactly like those are the little things that when you're buying from a catalog you can totally skip out on and Mm -hmm. just be like sick it's aluminum sick you're gonna get that olive drab fabric all right great yeah let's take 500 (laughs) but then it comes and you're like oh shit this thing you know can't keep fucking water or sand out of it to save the life of it or um oh, these latches are completely garbage. I should have just spent six bucks more a tent and upgraded to the, you know, the dual hinge powder coated black ones that they yeah. offered me. But at the, at the time I was just like, hey, I'm trying to get, you know, the most, most bang for my buck out of this container. And that's really where the bigger players, um, you know, the, the companies that have been around for a little while that have seen the warranty claims come and have made the adjustments uh, and just companies that are actually like proud of their product and putting it in stores sure. like mine. Yeah. Like if there's a store that doesn't have a tent in any retail manufacturer or, or any uh, retail storefront, mm-hmm. it's likely because they're manufacturing a piece of shit and they don't want anyone to see it until they actually purchase it. Like, yeah. It's the truth. I mean, not to call out names, but we've carried brands before like that and, and, when we're the face of bad news, like, yeah, that's just the way it is. Sorry, man. We can reach out to the manufacturer. Like we end up just playing the middle, the middle guy, which sucks. And so we just eliminate that immediately. Yeah. 
we need we need a company that's not only going to make a good product, but more importantly, going to like stand behind it when shit goes wrong. For sure. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 really those the are main real, difference. I think. Those are great, and I'm I, I'm really glad you touched on those three points. Or like aluminum, there's fiberglass. If you're going to go in with aluminum, you get those exclusions where you can put you know, the uh, awnings or attachments or, you know, even the little levelers, like the random little stuff you can put in the extrusions. And if you're a family of four trying to sleep in a rooftop tent, a soft uh, soft tent is more likely going to accommodate that, which, I, I again, I don't think that's like, you would, you would expect it to be common knowledge, but those are just good things to know right off the bat. Yeah. Um, which you you mentioned four companies that you guys carry there. What four would you back? I guess like S Spirit would be like these are the four that we recommend or that we sell. Yeah. So in terms of just like longevity, like hey, they've been here for over a decade. Um, CVT and mm-hmm. Tapui, purchased by Thule, have products that you know are going to be around um, and are. You know, they've, they've got storefronts, they've got, um, actually, Thule's customer service is terrible. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it used so to be good. Big. It came, yeah, it, it, they're too big, and they acquired Tapui, and, you know, it's, it's a challenge jumping into uh, a category that you're not familiar with. But historically speaking, like, those tents, They've been around for 10 years, going back to what I was saying about like making small tweaks and changes to things that eventually fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like new players that do it really well, um, 23-0 and Rome Adventure Co. Uh, are, are two really solid companies that, um, you know, 23-0 has been around for a little bit longer, but they've made more of a push to the U.S. Um, the U.S. distributor has a different uh, style, you know, 23-0. Mm-hmm. Most people think it's from Australia. He is a, a, an Australian dude, um, the owner. Even though they're out of they're out of Salt Lake City, Utah, but he actually uses these tents. Um, and so, when something doesn't work out, like he knows, mm-hmm. uh, versus hearing it from his customers, like you know, he'll test this product. Um, and uh, and and Rome, you know, the difference between Rome and Twenty Three Zero, who I'd say by far are the two best new players in the game, um, and that we sell. That, probably the most of by far actually not even close uh is that uh rome includes some stuff 23 zero is more like a la carte meaning yeah. like if you get 23 zero it's going to be a little bit cheaper on paper uh-huh. but they're not going to include a boot bag and they're not going to include um a gear locker or some of these like little luxuries accessories that are sweet mm-hmm. um now if you do add them 230 does them really well so you pay a little bit more but you you know they actually design the product for what its intended use was for versus um rome is, is kind of bundling it all into to one price and including it and it's like hey if you don't want an annex like you shouldn't have to pay for one type thing although yeah. they've changed that model and now that they, they allow you to break it down but uh, you know, to get it with or without Annex. But those two companies, I think, do a really good job uh, of adapting and, and getting folks... Newer, but uh, newer, but crushing in the sense where, like, they're connected to their audience and they're actually, there's a support system behind them too, which is huge, I mean, for any company, you know? Um, yeah. I think especially when you're starting, like, big kudos to the guys over at Rome. Like, that guy 
I think he's yeah. just a smart dude, Nick. They're good marketing too. Good marketing and just he knows how to treat their team super well. Uh, and that actually kind of leads into a really good segue too for for the next one, Mike, is branding seems to play such a big part in the rooftop tent market. You know, like they really they do really good videos, really good content. Uh, their websites have to be dialed. Like you don't trust a brand nowadays even if the rooftop tent is amazing with just like terrible content and terrible website. Now for retail, specifically for you guys, like is brand, do you think branding is important for retail? Uh, I think it definitely matters. I mean, people, people connect to things. They need something to grasp and feel good about before they, you know, even consider it. And so, um, you know, we started our brand. We, we weren't what we are today, but, part of the reason why our name is as vague as it is like spirit of 1876. I mean, part of me was just challenged because a bunch of people told me you can't fucking name a company four digit number. Um, (laughs) uh, The other part of me was like, no, I, I like the intrigue that, that, that name brings Mm -hmm. like, well, what, what do you do? If I was just Colorado overland shop or Colorado overland adventure, um, We see that, you know, a lot. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, there's just there's not a lot of uh, excitement that comes from it. You know what they are. You know what to expect. Um, and so the vagueness of our name sparks some curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we our goal is to bring value outside of what you can find online. I mean, nothing that we do here is special in terms of like what we're offering and. Um, selling and, and installing like these aren't our products there are other there there are other companies and um so so we have to think like how can we bring value and then we it goes back to what i started with just like we put ourselves in that situation and like well what were we struggling with we were struggling with how you know how to justify dropping four grand on a rack in a tent when you buy a new truck like holy shit that is a big investment Hell and yeah. when you don't you can't see it. You you're like you're curious about compatibility. Well, I was thinking about a 270 or a 180, but like, will this tent work with this rack and that awning? For sure. And those questions where they cross over from different brands start getting really tricky, and that's where you start going down the, uh, you know, the blogs and sponsored posts, and you're like, all right, this seems to you know, yeah, this seems to make sense, but this is one guy, and he seems really amped on the setup. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think the um Branding in general, like in Kingston, I've talked about this multiple times, is like there's a level of trust that you build within the brand. Now, obviously, a logo and a name does so much. And then afterwards, you know, you have you have yourself and then you have personalities behind you like B-roll, who that guy is hilarious. And but he's probably super charismatic when on the sales floor and you guys care about your customers and so on and so forth. But I remember you and I were DMing. <laughs> like a month ago, dude, and we we're just I think you made a story post about it and you're like, so are we just going to glaze over the fact that if, as long as you put the word overland behind your brand, that makes you an overland brand? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I, I think that people sometimes can miss the boat on that level where you sell a product and your brand obviously is backing it, but there's the people behind it. And then there has to be some creativity to like make people want to know more about your brand and trust it and wear your merch and all that stuff. For sure. I mean, yeah, there's just, there's so many and, and the need and the interest has, like I said before with this pandemic has peaked so much. So, yeah. 
um, I get a lot of people reaching out being like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about opening a shop here in fucking, you know, Iowa, uh, Utah, like anywhere in the country where they don't have what, what we were, what I was just talking about, like this, I thought Colorado lack, um, because the need for it is there. Like that, you know, there'll be a, a rigged coffee event or there will be, uh, some type of, of, of meetup and the, uh, outcomes like crazy. You're yeah. like, Holy shit. All right. So there's a big community here that I didn't even know about and we all buy this shit. So why not I open up a store? And at that point, I think it just gets lazy. They're like, okay, so the demand's here. Let's just fucking overland something, uh, <laughs> put some mountains, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> over the last year and a half, man, like I, I, I gave a couple examples, which I'm surprised I didn't get more shit from. from I know. I was like, companies. fucking go in, Mike. I, I was dying there. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> say any names, but the, I remember there's one like a logo. You're like, so is it cool that we're just like stealing logos now? And like, just throwing over well, to make it different, you know? Yeah, that so that shirt I bought in 2011. I went back and looked. Yeah. He's a local artist named Sam Larson, local, I should say, in Oregon. But at the time, I had just been introduced to this dude through something. I mean, there wasn't I wasn't on Instagram back then, so I don't know how I was introduced to him. But I was like, this is a rad shirt, and this kind of embodies you know the lifestyle that I like to live. It's got a mountain. There's a badass buffalo. It says Rome. Uh, Kingston, you could relate roaming, you know, it, yeah. it was a cool shirt. And I was like, this is fucking cool. And I bought it. And then 10 years later, I see it on an overland shop logo. <laughs> and I messaged the artist and I was like, Hey, I bought a shirt from you like a decade ago. And I don't know if you know this, but, um, I just saw this company and it looks to be pretty similar. And he goes, Oh my God, had no idea. Thank you so much. And and, and I had seen that like two or three other times yeah. in the local arts here in, in Denver that um, I also bought stickers to. He was part of a, this outdoor co-op that basically allowed, it was like a WeWork, but for the outdoor industry. So That's it's right. like, hey, we, don't, cool. we yeah. don't have tech or capital money, but like we, we want to work in this industry and we don't have a place to do it. And we'd like to collaborate with others in our same space. Yeah, and so cool. I was a part, I was a part of it. Um, and unfortunately that they were a victim of COVID they're no longer around, but Damn. Uh, I met this artist there and yeah, I saw his logo on another, you know, a camper brand. And I was just like, dude, did you know this? And he's like, no, thank you so much for That's letting heavy. me know. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard because my sister's an artist and uh, she, you know, she, she's dealt with this her whole life. And I remember, you know, her pointing out like, look at this at target or at like Z gallery where these like large corporate, um, entities that sell art will basically rob, you know, a design and, and alter it just a little bit and pump yeah. it. And it's, uh, it's tough. So yeah, I was just kind of calling it out and, and yeah. saying, Hey, you know, if you want to start an Overland brand aside from putting Overland in your name and stealing a logo, like just think about how you could be different and how For you can sure. add value. For sure. Cause again, like these people here in Colorado, manufacturers will provide free shipping. There's, there's a lot of incentive just to buy online Mm -hmm. and sit at home and wait for it to show up. Like that's become really easy over the last couple of years. So we're not saying like, Hey, we've done the, the, the research. So you don't have to, um, well, we do say that, but (laughs) I was going to say that on the website, Mike, (laughs) (laughs) we don't, we don't only say that. We also (laughs) say like, 
you know, like engage with us, ask us, like we will give you tidbits of information that like you just can't find scouring the internet. Yeah. And we hear that often too. Like I've had a woman come in here with her husband and like three kids and like they had just learned who we were and they were in Denver. Um, but they were like, yeah, we follow Lifestyle Overland. We do this. We've been watching on YouTube. We've been reading blogs. They're like, we just came here. You, our kids were somehow fucking entertained for an hour climbing in your tents and looking at your showroom. But like, we learned more than we have in the last four months. That's amazing. Research. Um, and so like that, that made me feel good. And they were like, you should charge, like, you should charge a 30 minute hour <laughs> consultation for this stuff. Yeah. But like, no, like that's our values. Like we understand you know, th- there's a lot of places that you can buy this stuff and we're not just saying just cause we got a cool logo and just because we plant trees that you should choose us. Like yeah. we truly feel like we have a, we have a really strong value in the space. Um, we give unbiased information. I mean, fuck, I talk people out of shit all the time. Like, literally yeah. right before this call, I had a guy buy a tent and then he was like, gonna, uh, you know, contemplating other things and it came on the fridge. Um, and I hope Dometic's not listening, but I was like, no, dude, I love a fucking fridge. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It is game changer. But when you talk about like, would you rather have this or that or this and that, like it just comes down to whether or not you think it's worth it. 100%. And for a $1,200 fridge with a $500 gold zero with the $300 solar panel, you're in this thing two grand. And if you're not going out for longer than two days, like if you're just a weekend warrior, yeah. you don't need a fucking fridge. hundred percent. Cool. Yep. You don't need all this shit. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, so, a, that's amazing. You do that, Mike, because the biggest foolproof way to, for a small business to succeed, especially nowadays is the value you're bringing is connecting to your customers and being super, super real and take, I mean, those 30 minutes, it, it might seem like, fuck, like you're tired after every conversation, but 30 minutes could literally give you like a lifelong customer and it's, it's like inevitable that you're going to spend money there because you actually care to talk to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, okay. That also brings up a really, really good point, dude. And you just talked about online. So as a retailer with the, with the fairly large social media presence and a, you know, well, well done website, all that stuff, would you say there's a happy medium that brings in like brick versus click? So like online orders versus your brick and mortar or does one still like, do you still put more effort into brick and mortar or do you foresee yourself putting more effort into to online orders? No, we're for sure putting all of our energy right now into online yeah. mainly because it's slowed down. Like here in Colorado, people shift real quickly from camp season to snow season. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people took the rooftop tent off. They're putting their snowboard racks on the cargo boxes. Like it's ski season. Um, and so although that's just like our local community, the rest of the world, you know, the South, you guys in California, like there's a lot of folks still camping, still getting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do a really bad job on our website. Like it looks good, but it's not. Um, you know, it's like, it's a lot of the, a lot of the rooftop tents we were just talking about, like from afar, it's like, ah, oh, it's pretty nice, <laughs> but it's, it's a piece of shit. We're working on it pretty hard right now. And we're trying to, that's our, that's our main goal right now for Q4 was really just to try to bring the, the experience that you get in our store online. Mm-hmm. And that really comes down to content and mm-hmm. like, 
um, you know, delivering content is, is, uh, it's tricky. It's hard, especially if you like care about it because you, you, you know, Kingston, you, you know, I mean, this is, this <laughs> I was going to say, Kingston, I don't know yeah. anything about that shit. <laughs> you, you don't know anything like, about you, content. <laughs> you care about it too, because it's not only like, all right, well, I just need to get some sick photos for this brand. It's like, no, I want to see what would excite me about this brand. It's your picture. So what excites you? You shoot it from a different angle, from a different perspective. And sometimes that doesn't always relate to the actual brand who's paying you, but like, to the, you know, they just don't get it. To the rest of the consumers, like they want to feel a certain connection, whether it's inspiration, like this looks fucking sick. I want, I want this lifestyle, or I yeah. want that set. I want to be there. Fuck, I need to get outside more. Whatever it may be that they connect to, um, it's hard to it's hard to translate in in a photograph or in in video. And um, we're we're trying right now, man. B, you, you mentioned B roll fucking love that dude he's yeah, he no crashed. longer with us i know um so uh r.i.p b-roll but definitely go follow the dude <laughs> he's not uh, dead let me, like, let me give i know let me i was like wait did he die no 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 he <laughs> no, just dipped i can't tell you how many people uh thought that though and i was like he was a great guy but he's gone <laughs> they're like oh fuck sorry for your loss <laughs> no b-roll is still alive um John is his name, uh, or Jean Felipe. Dude is a, just an incredible human being. And what he was doing before I hired him, um, well, he was doing roofing, but on the side, he was building kind of this off-road library of trails. And typically, you can find a number of trails online with reviews and people's you know, perspective of how mm-hmm. technical or not technical it is. But, you know, that also depends on what vehicle you were going up that trail with. And um, some of the angles don't always show certain obstacles and things like that. So his library is, or I should say his YouTube channel is basically a library of off-road trails. In, in Colorado or all over? So he, he's got a plenty in Moab, um, some some surrounding states, but I would say 90% here in Colorado. Yeah. And he, you know, he's going to be doing more of it now because it was kind of a a bittersweet ending, but like he moved out there without a plan as far as um, work, you know, his, his moving situation, but the place that he was moving came to an end and he found a really good opportunity to move out there. Um, And just the cost of living in Denver is so high. And and if you got a bunch of shit, like he's got, canoe and a motorcycle and stuff he just he couldn't just pick up and move into like a garden apartment or a condo he's like i need a house and unfortunately that um in denver didn't just work doesn't work out in denver yeah yeah but um anyways that was my my uh my 30 second plug on b-roll he's b-roll. Awesome, but he did yeah. he, b-roll he did some great content for us and i'm gonna miss that um but People really like the reviews, the the kind of like first person, you know, insight onto what differentiates these products or why we like them. And so we're shifting that right now. I mean, you've probably seen it recently. I've been, my mug's been on the Instagram more than I like it to be and, and trying to kind of talk more about some of our products as well as like we have a whole section now on the website because people like to shop kind of in, in categories. Yeah. Um, of what they're looking for or, or what their budget is. It's like, dude, I'm into this space. 
and I got like a hundred bucks. I want to buy some shit this weekend. Totally. <laughs> so like we've got a 25, 50, 100, 250, like favorite bestseller section, whatever you call it. That's great. Where we're like, this is the stuff we, we think you should care about if you're looking um, to totally. buy some or, or for, or for gifts. I think, I think that's an interesting route. Cause like, so again, Kingston does this, right. But what's, what's the big separator is he's doing it for the brand. So it's almost like CVT would reach out directly to him for contracted work for the rooftop tent. But I think like if you are a retailer right now, and I've seen this with other brands, I haven't seen it many with off-road shops, which is interesting. I feel like off-road shops could totally sponsor certain content creators for like consistent content too. And I think that would... I mean, because if they're if the content creator is giving you images or videos, or you can repost whatever they're whatever it is, if you just hook them up with a, a pretty large ticket item, there there's a ton of value in that as a retailer. So I feel like, and I think you've done it in the past, but just like if you're a retailer listening to this, there's there's definitely a big win there if you have inventory and you're willing to let go of one tent and you've stoked on this one content creator, be willing to sponsor it. And, you know, and make sure that there's a clear communication between you and them. And now you have a month of awesome content to sell more of that inventory tent that you have at your shop for your website, your social media, whatever it is. Um, what do you think, Kingston? I mean, wouldn't uh, I think there's a huge amount of opportunity to have shops do content creation. That's what I'm saying. Because you have the opportunity to to work with not just a fucking one tent. Yes. You have like all these, you know. Like in your case, you have like shovels and, you know, all the, like the little things that don't necessarily get the limelight very much, but it's like people buy that probably, probably that stuff all the time because it's a lower price point, right? Yeah. It's like I saw the post about Crazy Beaver. It's like the fucking, I have that shovel. Yeah. Like why? I have never seen a post by Crazy Beaver. Totally. Or anyone, you know, Demos it, really. did a good job of their marketing. Yeah. But, um, not look i'm not a fan of that shovel but i'd i'd like the crazy beaver you know yeah. i like to see that like I, I like to see like the differences in products but you know content wise it'd be good a good way to like describe it all too especially I mean, as a shop you can be like look this is the two different shovels and yeah, this one does yeah. this and this one does that and you're provide not only providing cool content but providing value value to the, the content have you done that mike like re i think you i've seen you work with like jason haven't you worked with Corey before too overland dad with like the james baru tents and stuff yeah for sure um yeah jason uh was was one of the first that I kind of uh, worked with in that in that way, um, and holy shit, that was a shit show from from start to finish. But <laughs> the, beauty, the beauty is that, like you know, a, a real friendship came out of it. Uh -huh. um, I actually, you know, became buddies with Jason, and uh, and him and I chat all the time, despite you know working together. Um, but yeah, Overland Dad, Corey, Corey just, Corey's just a good dude. He just reached out with interest in product, not even interested in product in exchange for X, Y, Z. He wanted to pick my brain a little bit. Um, and then me just understanding the value of him, you know, repping a product that we sell or, or talking about our shop. Um, you know, the, the value is there. I think, Kingston, to your point, like, 
there's no doubt the value is there to have an unbiased party because what happens when you give someone a product and you are the maker or owner of that product is that whether you want to or not, you dictate how that review is going to go. Um, and no matter what, it's not organic. Like my background is in sales. I work, you know, in the software space for, for 12 years or so. And like, if I wasn't stoked on the software that we were selling, like I couldn't fucking sell the shit. Yeah. Um, and I just, I moved on to another startup and, and it was, is what it was. But like, I, you just, you can't create excitement or buzz or, you know, any type of, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but just like it, when you're hired for something, you're like, Hey, I want you to hit on these three points. Mm -hmm. It comes off very much. So like a paid advertisement. Yeah. And, and, and Kingston, like as a, you know, as a shop who doesn't really give a shit what you think about a demo shovel or a crazy demo shovel. I just like that. Like all I want is the truth. I remember when I first hired John, uh, our B roll, like, he was like, what, what do you want me to say? And I was like, that's not what I'm here to do. Like you, you tell me what you think you should say. Um, here's what the manufacturer says. Is great. Uh-huh. Um, but like, tell me what you think. Just go use and, it. Yeah. And he was like, all right. And then he sent me, you know, one of these like, is it okay if I say this? Is it okay if I say that? And I was like, dude, yes. I like, I don't give a shit what you say. Again, it's just one person's opinion. And we'll make sure to make that clear. But like, people want as real a review as possible. Yeah. The yeah. minute that you start just reading attributes that are like the bullet point highlights on the manufacturer's website, is the minute that I'm like, don't. I, I read this shit. I already went. I've been looking at this fucking product for 20 minutes. I'm watching your review for either two things: one, to be entertained, which B-roll was great at, or mm-hmm. two, to fucking learn something. And if you can't entertain me or teach me anything. You're basically just wasting my time. And so, um, but here's the problem with that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd write a text today and send them a bunch of shit. Uh-huh. The problem from my standpoint is that I I don't make any of this shit. So my margins are super thin. Yeah. And then people expect us to match the, the manufacturer's deal. Mm. So like, CBT's been having fucking Black Friday since like August. You know, there's, there's a number of things, free shipping, military discounts, that that consumers expect you as a retailer to consume, which, you know, as a small startup company, like, sure, we, we want you to think of us as your go-to shop. Yeah. So if this is going to build that level of trust, then fuck yeah, we'll take off, you know, we'll do that, we'll match that deal, we'll, we'll honor the free shipping. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's just not a lot there. There's yeah. just not a lot there. So, like, the marketing budget is nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's like what we were talking about with the new Instagram um, algorithms. It's like, Instagram is what what allowed me to start my business with no fucking capital. Like, if it wasn't for Instagram, I would have never been able to build a presence in this industry totally. um, for free. Uh, and now that that's changed, like, thank God I'll have a little bit of a, you know, of a foundation here. Like I've established something, but for the most part, like it's, it's hard to build any, any type of following 
flowing right now. Um, that's um, an interesting point that you 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 just brought up though is margins when you're dealing with retail as a retailer is very difficult. You have a a a shop next door to you is it Pop Top Overland or what is it called? Up top. Up top. So like when a brand starts right they they you know they probably pay the same overhead blah 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 they have like the same square footage but it's it's so much different of a game as a retailer than it is as a brand because as a brand there's like the margins could be anywhere from like 70 to 80 to 60 yeah i mean you get the chance to set your margin you set your own margin a retail shop cannot set the margin i mean that's just like that's just a, a solid point to i guess that we should bring up on the podcast is like retailers are almost expected to like match price and stuff just like the nature of like uh the sale the selling landscape that we're living in now but it's just unrealistic sometimes like just to be frank you can't do that that's like a very unrealistic way to run a business and discounts are i mean if you if you want to support a business you support them as is you know you don't ask for a bunch of handouts or whatever um but okay that one was good and i i'm stoked that you're like because brick versus click is such an interesting topic when it comes to retailers because sometimes retailers are like i mean yeah we have a website but like we don't really put too much energy into it but to hear that you're working towards and you you do put a lot of attention onto the e-commerce side of things is awesome um yeah now moving we're definitely starting well yeah it's and dude that, that post you made the other day with the shower pouch uh <laughs> like the dirty not like the dirty the dirty towel and it was like me messing with my shopify my after product of what i just fucked up on <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> uh so, so true so okay there's two big ones that i kind of want you to touch on um and i think this is like a very very known topic right now but importing right now is a pain in the absolute ass and have you seen like how how has that it really affected you guys like are you chilling so far is do you see a foreseeable change in the near future of the way the product is sold and imported or do you think we're just gonna have to ride this out like everyone else and and hopefully next year it just irons itself out i think manufacturers are doubling down on inventory mm-hmm. and that's both gonna work for the good and worse of the situation, meaning like, you know, in the good, there will be products to be bought from mm-hmm. consumers. But for some, I think it's going to be the demise of them. Honestly, I think they're going to get over their ski tips, uh, as we like to say, like just, you know, like, oh shit, we've had an incredible first, second, and third quarter. Let's anticipate the same next year. Mm-hmm. I certainly think there's going to be a COVID hangover where, you know, people, like this industry is gonna it's gonna continue to grow, but it's gonna definitely take a step back. Yeah. And for those that are, are riding this trajectory, like it's gonna continue in the same way, I think are in a dreamland. So I think there's gonna be some folks that are, are gonna get themselves into financial trouble for sure. And I think that other companies that you know, for example, Rotopack or Max Tracks that it's just, it's plastic. It's going to be fine. Yeah. They're going to be able to weather the storm. Um, those types of companies are going to be fine. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to tell right now. I just, I hope for the best. Speaking of Rotopack, I just got a funny message last night 
that was like, hey, um, your order's ready to be shipped. Here's the balance. And the funny part was is that I paid for it up front in May. <laughs> and they fucking just circled back last night like, hey, you owe here, it's ready to be shipped finally fucking six months later but oh by the way um there's a pr- there, yeah like, there's oh. a there's a price increase so you still have now you have an outstanding balance you're like no it didn't pay for that shit back in the day yeah no that's been going on too Damn. um and you can't yeah that that those have been funny conversations because i don't know i'm sure there's there's some owners out there that um you know have experienced the same thing but if you pay for something in advance you can't go back and no. so i'm just like hey man shouldn't have accepted my order back then then you know yeah like, if you, you have an opportunity to accept an order and keep it open but as soon as you take my money that's uh that's a deal you yeah. know it's, we've 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 made an agreement you're 100%. gonna deliver what i just paid for 100 percent. but so on on that note like you said max tracks rotopacks like those are kind of like those those brands that have been around for a long time doing the same same thing and they they serve a, they serve a purpose right like th- i can't imagine them going away anytime soon but what are you excited to see in the next, like, you know, five years? Because now with the rise of all electric vehicles and um, full-size trucks versus mid-size trucks, like, it seems like the market is shifting a lot. And in the next five years, we're going to see a big shift. So what do you, yeah. what what are you excited for, like, accessories-wise and overland gear? More U.S. manufacturing. I'm super stoked on it. Uh-huh. I think... I think that the prices of freight and the prices of aluminum and steel and, and everything going up in tariffs and uh, it, it's going to get to a point where it just doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. like the, the downside to U.S. manufacturing has always been like, well, the cost and we're not going to be able to compete with the competition. And like, yeah, we'll have a made in the USA stamp on it, which costs, you know, which which is is worth something. It's not necessarily you know, I don't know how to justify a 30% price increase, but yeah. I think with all these increases in, in freight and like, I know from my vendors, like next year, everything's going up. Oh, it's not time. already. Like, yeah. Everything's already going up now, but like significant changes are going to be happening. And so like when I, I've had consumers ask me about black Friday deals and this and that, I'm like, Hey, 2021 is about to be black Friday. Like yeah. it shit's about to go up and every everything so i'm really excited for that like you know the gsps of the world the the rig um the, you know those types of companies that have already established themselves uh as a here usa manufacturer as a, yeah and the um uh the rig caddies are u.s made u.s made the new ones right B2? yeah 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 they're all done Heck here yeah, but- it's, I mean, and that's a learning curve in itself. And especially like you were just talking about like small business and just this whole conversation. It's like, I feel like everything has just been like one big learning process for a lot of us in this industry. Um, and, and there's, and we're, we're putting a lot on the line and, and saying that like, let's just say this, this increase of sales and this increase of our market growth is substantial for the next like 10 years, which all of us can hope, but it's, um, you know, there's always a risk in anything we do, especially when you own a small business, dude, like that's just fact, you know, but the things that you can, the things that you can, um, kind of navigate and have some control over is like, you were just bringing up like manufacturing, um, marketing, you know, putting more time into online sales and really caring about customer service and just like the real basic shit that goes into running a business. 
I think it's just going to naturally lead that way of U.S. manufacturing. Because like you're saying, if you're like back then, 30% increase for USA manufacturing is now going to be like the norm. It's like either you manufacture it for that price increase or you pay for that price increase in the freight to get it here now. You know, so it's which one would you rather do? USA, clearly, you know. USA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super Pacific is made in the USA too. Yeah. Fully. I, I mean, if the prices are gone up, I I would, and it's like, if I'm going to pay the USA price, like give me something in the, from the USA. USA then. 100%. And like talk to someone that has a shop in the USA. You yeah. Know? Why not? That's funny. Plus, a, plus it's like, uh, I mean, like if you look at like a, in a bigger sense, like economically, it's uh-huh. just like overall better. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Keep jobs there's in also, here. There's also like a level of pride when you have a product that yeah. can be manufactured here that the whether or not it's you know stated in fine print or not like the the uh the warranty or the uh guarantee of that product is is a lot easier to stand by because with with our vendors i mean they've got to stand by it because they've got it written one year two year whatever um and typically it's just a replacement but there's there's like I said, there's like this level of pride. At the end of the day, it's just it's really good to see and pretty freaking rad to see what you've been doing. So I mean if I think most of us that follow either Roaming Lost, Easy Supplies, or Arland most likely have seen your Instagram or probably interact with it at at a bare minimum. But if you guys are interested to check out Spirit of 1876. The website is www.spiritof1876.com and their Instagram handle is all one word, uh, spirit of 1876. So if you are located close by to Castle Rock, stop by, say what up to Mike, pick his brain about the rooftop tents, pick his brain about what's to come and, uh, and support. He carries pretty much anything you can imagine to he can how much you can pick his nose uh, he can pick his, <laughs> mike <laughs> mike if you feel like someone go in there and spend at least like probably ten thousand dollars at your shop huh <laughs> wait who has no i'm saying if, if, if his, someone can easily walk into a spirit and leave oh, spending yeah. ten thousand dollars i'm gonna spend some serious well, money there yeah he not wel- hard i think he welcomes but, it yeah <laughs> but to, to piggyback on what you were saying we're yeah we're just south of denver but like even for folks that aren't here in colorado we we pride ourselves on customer service so like if you've got questions like we were talking about earlier fitment compatibility that type of stuff i mean we're we've done facetime tours facetime walk around certain tents nice. um you know dialing in measurements on a dometic bridge to make sure it would fit specific questions like little things um that's where we try to really add value. So you don't have to be local for, you know, to be treated like a local where we're, uh, we're here to help. So I love we're, it. We're Hell switching yeah. to both brick and mortar and online. It's, it's hard, man. It's hard. And, um, Easy's website, do you guys do a lot? I know you do a lot with, with retailers and whatnot, but do you do a lot online as for the own site? Yeah, that's, uh, that makes up more than I would say, 70 percent of our business would be online for easy supplies um it's and for me i I, it's definitely a blessing because once once you get into the the realm of retail dude 
And uh, as a wholesaler, right? Like if we were wholesaling to a bunch of retailers, yeah, it's a, your margin is your like, yeah, your margin it goes it's all down. About those margins, but it's also a lot of uh, legwork. Like you know, make especially when you're working with apparel, apparel or rig caddies, it doesn't matter. Like you're checking up, and I'm I I like to make sure a retailer is stoked to carry us, and they're forever gonna be stoked to carry us. So I'm still in there, you know, making sure the stuff is dusted or I have people going in there and checking up, making sure that the, the clothing looks good and the rig caddies are all straight. Like it's just a lot more work realistically, but you have to have that balance as a, as a brand, in my opinion, because what a retailer does for a brand is, is legitimizes it. Like people will go into Costa Mesa or Long Beach or Castle Rock and see our brand and ask the owner and the owner's like, yeah check them out. And they look at our Instagram like, whoa, it's a brand. And then now like they would have probably never found us, but because there's a, there's a retailer that they like, now they know our brand. So it's a, um, I online is definitely easier to manage in my opinion as a smaller brand, but, uh, you have to have that balance of still working with retailers too. Hey, I got two questions for you guys. If we're not out of time, go for Kingston, Kingston, Kingston. <laughs> All right. Kingston. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a, a listener, a supporter of the podcast. I don't know how many I've missed. It's been a couple crazy, uh, crazy weeks. The last time you guys asked me to do this, I actually had COVID and I still almost admitted, uh, accepted it. I was like, yeah, I can pull it together. <laughs> um, but the last I heard, I was driving out to Flagstaff for Expo and you were in between two maybe life-changing directions not knowing which it was going to go has there been any uh excuse me if this, this has been discussed have we come to we gotten any answers i need closure on well the uh the ramp did sell so it's gone nice and then the, i got the ford <laughs> uh the ford is here i just got some brakes put on um i will have that for one more month and then i'm selling that and then we got the we got another build in the works right now yeah I just haven't posted anything about it because I was like, you know, just like there's nothing there's nothing to post. But I'm gonna I'll post about it when I have some stuff done to it. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be hitting the road full time. So yeah, um, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a uh, full time traveling the country rig for next year. Nice. Yeah, the, the new the new build is gonna be mental, and it's it's so methodical the way you've thought about the build and how it's going to work in your life and yeah you're traveling with your wife and the dog so yeah so we'll we'll be yeah we'll be bouncing around we'll definitely be in colorado for some time what's cool about it is we're just able to experience places more than just a weekend so i'm excited to uh hit the road i want to go to colorado dude yeah i'm gonna you know we can live there literally Um, the homeless version of it (laughs) <laughs> you guys gotta come out gotta come out i know we have well i uh, love what you said kingston about uh just um you know luxuries of like uh no you know expense spared bills but at the same time like what opportunity exists on an older bill like you don't you don't need to have the best of everything yeah. you don't need to spend a bunch of money to get outside. I, I make that comparison all the time. It's part of the reason why I bought a Volvo. It's because I was, you know, I, <laughs> I preached all the time, but I also wanted to show, like, it's just, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And I get people all the time, like, yeah, I'm just saving up, waiting for this and waiting for that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, there's 
there's you can buy such a capable rig um well that was the that was the ford i mean i put that together in a month maybe and it's probably my favorite build yet yeah it's so comfortable i freaking love that that truck and it's four by four it's not like i'm taking it rock crawling but it gets everywhere i needed to go Mm -hmm. and it looks sick yeah so i mean it's and that costs the freaking you know a down payment on a brand new truck so it's like and that's completely built out so (laughs) it's just like how you how you look at it and plus like if we weren't going to be on the road full time that I would just keep that yeah, because it's so comfy. It's cheap. I own it. It's like, yeah, you don't need much and it's, uh, does everything that I needed to do. So, you know, I mean, I, the only reason why we are going to a new build, it's just cause it's gotta be a little bit more livable and yeah. also not like totally crush my wallet with gas costs, but, <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, but yeah, it's a, you don't, yeah, you really don't need, like crazy stuff to be able to go camping yeah all right i never asked your question though oh shit go for it dude hurry up before you go away (laughs) yeah before it disappears so i feel like the first two or three four times you and i talked um when i was ordering uh the rig caddy i was calling you jamie and i want to know what percentage (laughs) of people call you Jamie and or what God. percentage you are offended um, when uh, <laughs> I can't believe this off. is literally the the question dude this is yeah, so funny but a lot of people ask you that I know so the percentage of people that call me Jamie would probably like without actually me being like hello my name is Jaime would be like at least 90% if they just like read it right um, and then the, I've never introduced myself but the one that freaking irks me is like if i say oh my name's jaime and then they they hit me with jaime i'm like how did you get jaime at a jaime like what <laughs> so and then weird. even i'll have homies like especially parents i want to like, call you jaime i feel like it's the dads <laughs> of the world that are like hey uh jaime like cool <laughs> like, you've known me for like 15 years you <laughs> like how do you still call me jaime that's like someone calling someone john johnny yeah hey johnny it's like oh god dude yeah. But that's good. That's good, Mike. <laughs> that's a good question. Well, I don't think it was until this podcast where you introduced yourself. I was like, oh, shit, you idiot. <laughs> that's so I just, funny. I don't think I, yeah, well, I don't, yeah. I'm not one to correct. I think it's quite common. Yeah. I mean, I probably, what do you think, Mike? Should I just correct people off the bat? Like, oh, no, actually, uh, pause for a second. My name is Jaime. Should I do that? Should more no. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I got, um, you know, I, I when, when my daughter was, my first daughter was born, she didn't have hair until she was like a year and a half. And so she always got the dude and I just didn't correct people. I was like, yeah, he is a fucking cutie. Um, <laughs> it's your daughter. But, uh, but now I've got Leo. Leo's a male dog, but uh-huh. he just prances around like the biggest sissy ever. So everyone's like, she's adorable. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then like, I'll just sometimes roll with it. They're like, what's her name? And I'm like, Liette. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I think I would just have fun with it uh, and not get mad when gringos like myself just be like, hey, Jamie. (laughs) Gringos. I love it. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Dude, Mike, thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. And just keep it up, dude. It's it's sick. You do all the giveaways. You're always running your own merch. Your merch always turns out super clean, by the way. The shirts are always on point. So um, 
again i mean we plugged it i'm dude it's gonna be some fun editing on this podcast but i'll make sure your plug goes at the end of the podcast but give, yeah. give us some love anything that you have coming out that you want people to know about in the next couple months or anything specifically to holidays just give us some love on that before the podcast uh we wrap it up awesome thanks guys yeah and i was gonna um i was gonna roll out these cards and a little exposure into our land when whenever this came out so we'll do some some cross marketing just let me know when when you think it's coming out and um i've got some plans for that stuff too sick sounds good all right mike well thank you guys so much man it was good it was good chat with you this was fun i appreciate appreciate you having me on of course dude yeah have a good one i'll talk to you in a bit all right thanks that is mike from spirit of 1876 yes good one that was a long one i hope you guys enjoyed that one yeah I'm gonna that's, go our, that's our first <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> that's our first retailer that we've ever i think yeah. had on there it's always like brands or content creators so yeah for sure it's a whole different world dude yeah i'd be scared as hell to open up an easy storefront like it's not easy at all yeah online talk about yeah overhead yeah yeah i would just I would I would try to run it on, on online for at least a couple of years before yeah. you start doing anything like that. Damn. But you know what are you gonna do? Just I mean it's a part of the hustle. Yeah. All right, homie. Later. Right. On on to the next one. Yeah. the truck and hit the road. All land is our home.